0: How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. Y- you know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals.
1: A mysterious,
0: all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to L's Exchange, I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So we're going to talk about some of the biggest comic book events that came out of the year 2018. It's a wrap-up party, we're going to talk about what came from January 2018 to basically now, December of 2018.
1: Which is rough for comics sometimes because you'll have a story start in one year and not end till the next.
0: Or some that end in 2018, but they start in 2017. We're going to talk about those too a little bit. Uh, and so, it's like, what year do these belong to? Exactly. Before we do that, though, I wanted to mention that we got a couple of neat things here uh, in the Compop Studios. Do you remember um, those Marvel Hip Hop variant covers? Yes. Uh, that came out? Well, apparently they also took those covers. And made them into covers of the hip hop albums that they came no out shit. as. And so, as a result, we've got like this 50 Cent LP of the Invincible that's pretty Iron Man, slick. Uh, which is actually really pretty and it looks really yeah. nice. And, uh, we've also got this awesome lenticular uh, LL Cool J LP. With... What's, what's your favorite LL Cool J song, Sal? Ooh, that's a great question uh, for another time. Uh, also, <laughs> we have this great Contest of Champions lenticular cover. For uh, genius and uh, the Wu Tang Clan. Nice. They ain't nothing to fuck with. That's right. Yeah, I figured you of all people would appreciate these these fine vinyl covers. Uh, oh yeah. Have like that that also do the do the lenticular doodad. But, Naturally. Uh, they're they're pretty. Uh, if you, even if you're not necessarily a huge fan of their music, like. Me, <laughs> uh, you will also find that they are like beautiful conversation pieces. Uh, oh yeah. Thank you, Mama said, knock you out. Thank you. That's exactly. That's what
1: a right. really good one. Uh,
0: and don't uh, call it a comeback. <laughs> don't call it a comeback because I never left. Uh, but yeah, these covers are pretty dope, and uh, I really like them. And maybe one of these days uh, in the future we'll make it so that like you can win one of them or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, if you like them enough, or you like their music enough, or you want to like just display them, because by the way, Michael's makes a uh, like LP frames so you just slip, oh you can just slip it right into the into the frame and put it up um if you like these so much that you want to get one yourself check the description below this video and go over there and pick them up yourself because they are for sale uh, i want to user. check
1: those out and i also wonder did they ever do what dc did with uh famous movie posters where it's like batgirl and purple rain and everything
0: yeah right those were super cool Um, I would
1: totally decorate my house with those just to confuse people. Right. (laughs)
0: Hey, purple. What the hell? (laughs) This guy loves movies, but also really likes comics. Right. Like did Punisher drop a sick diss track? Like, what is this all about? (laughs) Uh, But check them out. They're really cool. And I dig them. So even if I'm not like a big. Fan of the music,
1: I mean, I mean, Punisher has a long history with rap music. He, of course, has teamed up with Eminem on several occasions. It's
0: true. <laughs> Are they Is several that... or was just that one occasion? It felt like several occasions, it was pretty rough, but uh, but anyway, check those out in the description below this video if you want to partake. Uh, so leading off our huge mega events that took place in 2018 um you asked if this was a thing i don't think it is but we'll talk about it now on the show marvel two and one the thing in the human torch from chip Zdarsky, dropped at the beginning of last year
1: yes maybe one of my favorite things at marvel it might have been my favorite marvel book of the year
0: it was certainly for me one of the most marvel comics At Marvel Mm. Comics. Uh, Nothing felt like it. No, nothing else felt like it, and yet it felt familiar, like you had read it a thousand times before, but in that kind of like, this is one of my favorite comics, I want to reread it every year. Um, And yet it was also fresh and new and interesting. Of course, uh, the first issue started off with uh, Jim Chung's art before he jumped ship and moved over to DC. (laughs) Um, Some great stuff in that series, and also wound up being... Better than The Return of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, which is kind of, I bet they didn't think that would happen. I am certain they were not expecting that. And better than uh, the first four issues of Dan Slott's run on Fantastic Four. I en- I've enjoyed Dan Slott's run, but
1: I've not enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed reading Marvel 2 and one
0: No, it's true. I've enjoyed the Fantastic Four series as well. I just haven't liked it the way I liked 2 and one
1: there was something strangely special about it. It was a buddy story. It was a road story. It was, you know, talking about overcoming grief and acceptance, which ironically the next couple issues would do. But two in one did it better. Exactly. And use the same characters to do so.
0: Right. Somehow make, makes it work. I don't know. That's Zdarsky, man. He, he's awesome. I'm. Even though I know that you've loved Bunn's uh, Daredevil run. Or is it Soul? Soul. Soul, Soul, yeah. I always get Cullen Bunn and Charles Soul mixed up, and I don't know why. (laughs) But uh, even though I know you loved Soul's run on Daredevil, I can't wait for Zdarsky's take.
1: Me, too. And it's like, as much as I did truly love Soul, he had his time. And the thing about Daredevil that's so wonderful about Daredevil is he has one of the greatest successions of writers of all time. And while you're sad to see a writer go, it's like Doctor Who's. You're sad to see them go, but you're really excited because you have no idea what the future could hold and what direction they could take it in.
0: It's true. No, you're absolutely right. Um, And it's funny because, like, the the runs on Daredevil have been seminal, but also, Mm. like... Like you, you are just eager to find out what's going to happen next to this poor son of a bitch. Yeah, it's what's your favorite era? You know, what's your favorite storyline? I, I wonder
1: what Zdarsky going to bring to it because Zdarsky, much like Nick Spencer, has this ability to shine a light on lovable schlub heroes and guys who are down on their luck. And I guess Daredevil is constantly down on his luck one way or another, but he's never shown to be like pathetic. Like it's oh, like bad stuff always happens to Matt Murdock, but he always gets his shit back together and he's always in nice suits and everything most of the time
0: well he's never like don't he's always like don't feel bad for me you never like yeah but you always like you but you do because you're like this poor bastard could never catch a break
1: it's like not in the same way i feel bad for spider-man or i felt bad for johnny storm or even when he was writing uh his star lord when star lord was grounded on earth and everything and being a schlub it's like you poor son of a bitch yeah
0: absolutely so uh while i don't really count them I still say it was worth mentioning that Marvel 2-in-1 was great.
1: Likewise with Batman White Knight. Not an event, an Elseworlds story, now a Black Label imprint, but goddamn was it good. It was probably my favorite Batman story of the year, especially because Tom King is writing Batman, and good Batman stories were hard to find this year.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. The cream really
1: rose to the top. That being said... Got two really good Batman stories just recently with Detective Comics and Batman Who
0: Laughs. We had like a a surplus of Bat-centric stuff this week that came out. Uh, I wish we could talk about it. We can't. But if you want to see uh, at least me and Tiffany talk about it, you can always watch our episode of Off the Rack where we do talk about at least three of those great issues. Um, You should. In terms of –
1: I've taken to watch that show when I cook dinner because you go live just as I'm putting on dinner and I need something to watch.
0: Oh, thank you. Um, so in terms of events, straight up, like, major stories that, like, were part of its own contiguous series, uh, one series that ended, basically, in 2018, at the start of 2018, I should say, is Spider-Man 2. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Wow.
1: Oh, wow. I deleted Spider-Man 2 from my memory completely,
0: but you're right. Yeah. It came out. Oh my God. Like, it started in 2017, I guess, and it came out basically, I think, like, at the tail end. Like, if it came out Mm. on the 27th of December, it came out on the 1st. Like, you know, it was that kind of thing where it was, like, right at the tail end of the year. And instantly forgotten. Oh, and for good reason. Like, with extreme prejudice, was this series uh, forgotten. That was
1: the um, last little wet fart for Bendis. Just, I'm gone. I'm working for the other team now. Yeah, it, it,
0: I, I'm actually wondering if he like deliberately tanked it or if he didn't even know how to, how to do this series. Like we talked about it a little bit actually because we talked about Spider-Men, the main series, which is great. The first one, which came out, of course, yes. five years before uh, 2012 Arguably. was when Spider-Men came out. Um, and it's clear that like Bendis had an idea, had no idea what to do. With 616, Mm -hmm. Miles Morales. And then, like, it's funny because, you know, like, as the writing was on the wall for, like, how they were going to bring Miles into the main universe, Bendis' interest completely waned. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, if Miles is the 616 Miles, then who cares?
1: I'm sure around the same time too, he started percolating ideas for Riri and being like, "Fine, you don't like my reinvention of Spider-Man, or you won't let me do it my way. I'll reinvent Iron Man." Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: <laughs> Which, ironically, Riri's getting some of her best-reviewed books ever, and all it took was for Bendis to not be writing her anymore.
0: Right? Uh, it's actually kind of amazing to hear like the, the the severe pushback of genuine joy that people have been getting from Riri's new series, and I got to tell you, like. I don't like the new suit. I think it looks kind of, like, like weak.
1: But at least it's her own. <laughs> but it's
0: hers and the first few-page preview of her new series or her new takeover. I loved it.
1: She's really good in Champions, too. Zub is doing great stuff with her. She was the focus of the big Dungeons & Dragons arc that we just finished off. Yeah,
0: yeah, which is, co- which is really cool. Yes. Uh, so is, of course, Jim Zub's, and Jim Zub hmm. is a notable, huge fan of Dungeons & Dragons anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, incidentally, another event that kind of started around the end of 2017, but more or less uh, like uh, like I, I think I remember saying one year ago mm-hmm. uh, from issue eight, Doomsday Clock.
1: Launched. Yeah, and we're still living with it today. I think the, the series will always be around, Sal. It will never <laughs> be done.
0: Well, we can, I mean, like, and why wouldn't it? I mean, the fact is, do DC can just, like, rest on their laurels and constantly benefit from, like, lazy writing or poor editorial just by saying, the fans will blame Dr. Manhattan, and as long as we <laughs> never deliver on it, they can always say that Dr. Manhattan was a thing that happened.
1: Plus, I mean, the book came out or amongst, you know, major shuffling of the power structure of DC. Oh, Johns is in charge. Now he's not anymore. Now it's DiDio and Lee, but maybe not. Maybe no one's in charge. We don't know. Right?
0: Who knows? <laughs>
1: Maybe Uh, it it feels like the story pivots about in the halfway point, huh? And then it got pushed back. Are are they rewriting this one on the fly? Maybe not. It feels like
0: they're rewriting it on the fly. Who knows? I felt a real push for this series when Jeff Johns was in charge. And then suddenly Sanctuary was referenced in it. Ugh. And it's like, oh, it feels like, because it felt like a timeless series. It felt like it was supposed to be like just Mm -hmm. completely separate. I remember people were speculating about Batman's costume you know they yeah. were like oh what does it mean and I'm like it doesn't mean anything it means they want you to be able to read this book off the shelf Forever, 10 years yeah. from now and not worry about it but then they referenced the king of owls or what? the judge of owls the Judge, yeah. and everything else and you're like oh you're making it like timed like it, it's now cemented in this period and it can never not be part of it
1: what a what a cold fish slap in the face that was
0: yeah what have you done (laughs) yeah Uh, did doomsday clock live up to the hype i don't even know that's a fair question since it's not over it's not i will say in you know at at moments it
1: does at moments i really enjoy it but until it's done I, i guess we won't be able to talk about it in like more more uh more educational uh terms or whatever but i mean just uh the fact that it's taking so didn't didn't they delay it again
0: has an issue 9 been delayed by another month? Yes it has. This book is like the most it's not the most delayed series and in fact Watchmen itself was delayed. Yeah, but it was Watchmen, not a sequel to Watchmen. You see, that's the thing.
1: We we really
0: want to capture the feel of Watchmen, so we're going to
1: have this series be incredibly delayed.
0: Yeah, and why not, right? I mean, like, like we said, I think this series actually has more impact being a thing that will one day finish as opposed to a yeah. thing that is complete and you can read it anytime you want. The saddest thing
1: about Doomsday Clock to me is is that they pitched it as the reward for keeping up with the uh, the DC Rebirth, where it's like, yeah, we brought back all the characters you liked, we resurrected all these relationships, and everything feels good and nice again, and it feels like the DC universe you remember, it's whole, we fixed so many of the New 52 problems, and oh, also there's Watchmen. Hey, you know, if you keep following this to the end, there's Watchmen at the end of this. Then you get the book, and then it's like, yeah,
0: there are, are kind of Watchmen, but kind of not. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, it's, it, you know, you are getting a literal sequel to Watchmen, but mm-hmm. you're also getting some new characters, like new Rorschach and all kinds of new stuff. Like, yeah, uh, but you are right about it being a like, even if they didn't outright say, no, no, no this is like DC Rebirth number two. Yeah, like, they didn't outright say this is like a reward for being into Rebirth, but it absolutely built completely off the hype of Rebirth. And I don't know, if you were there at New York Comic-Con when Doomsday Clock was dropped and announced, mm-hmm. they were touting it as the, big, as the next big thing.
1: Oh yeah, from DC Universe it be, Rebirth number one to the button to this. Yeah,
0: it was, and in fact, I think the button was a stopgap. I think it was supposed to come out when the button was supposed to come out. In fact, like, the button was created, manufactured to just continue the steamroll of hype for Doomsday Clock. And I thought Doomsday Clock was actually going to be, like, another chapter that, like, something else was coming. Like, the DC Likewise. Rebirth number 2 was coming after there was, like, the button, Doomsday Clock. But then, then Rebirth is really going to take shape. In this world, Rebirth has become a footnote and ignored and, like by quite a bit of what's happening in DC. So I fear I mean... that Doomsday Clock was all it's going to be.
1: Yeah, I fear that too and I think there's no better example of how the universe pivoted and how minds changed and people in charge changed than the fate of Wally West. Hey, spoilers for the new uh, Heroes in Crisis. Hey, Wally West he's back. He's ushering in this great new era of DC rebirth where we respect the past and everything you fans want is coming back. Oh, what happened to him in the new Heroes in Crisis? Oh. Right.
0: How oh. could I ever forget you, Wally? Oh how wait. Could I? Let's have a war and then you know, how could we'll I forget How could I forget you, Wally? Turns out very easily. Very easily. How could I let you die? Uh, <laughs> so moving on before we transition to the next event, I wanted to get into the Super Chat, which is how we pay a lot of our bills here at Comic Pop, and we want to thank everybody for participating and helping us and being a part of the show. Bitter Taste, No Surrender is definitely up there for me. Extermination Fine was really good, but what they did with Rachel was a disgrace. Um, I loved Extermination
1: i liked it too it's that and astonishing were my two favorite x-men things for
0: me seriously extermination might be my favorite x-men book of the last few years
1: i would agree with that too because not only do i really like it but i feel like i could also tag out at extermination like hey we got so much more fucking x-men coming your way we got this (laughs) weekly series we got new x-force we got age of x-men i'm like guys guys you're suffocating me
0: with X-Men here. I was happy to read it again, but this is too much. Fill your fucking mouth with X-Men, Joel. <laughs> this is an angry gauntlet of X-Men. Yep. No, it's true. Uh, but uh, I'm also, I also really loved uh, No Surrender. We'll get to No Surrender in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Comic Goblin, happy holidays to both of you, amazing gentlemen. Thank you very much, oh. Comic Goblin. Happy holidays to you as well. Uh, gotta say, comics-wise, Captain America and Mr. Miracle were the highlights for me. Captain America's mm. a great series, yeah. Not technically an event I'm not gonna uh, we're not gonna talk about cap right now. Mr. Miracle, miniseries, I wouldn't call it an event. No, but it was it was a thing that happened. It was a thing that happened especially at the end. Uh, Mr. Roboto, oh, did old man Logan count? Uh, old man Logan was a mini series when it first came out and yeah. when you had the ongoing series, I still wouldn't call it an event. Logan does have an event. multiple events we'll talk about those pretty yeah. soon. Also DC did have some good did DC have some good ones? I would argue yes, they did. And we'll get to those as well. And Logan Babcock, hey, guys, love the show. Starting next summer, I'll be in, oh, Azerbaijan for a year in school. Oh, wow. Did you guys know anywhere I can get comics in other languages like Turkish?
1: No, but that's no. a good question. I would
0: hope that digital versions would be your friend. That, yeah. Like, they would make, because it's easier. They can just change the the, the the text, and they don't have to print the book.
1: That's That's a really good topic there. What is it like reading comics in other languages? How much do you lose in translation or what do you gain in translation?
0: Exactly. I would love to know more about that. So uh, if you do wind up finding out, please let us know because I'm interested. I
1: I wish I was smarter and less of a boring white guy on that one because that (laughs) sounds very like a very fascinating topic that no one's exploring. That's
0: true. I, I completely agree with you, man. Um, but thank you very much for the super chat, and uh, good luck in your journeys. Also, Aura Force, happy holidays to you, too. Thanks for a wonderful year of entertainment. Yeah, whole year has gone by of more Elseworlds. Hot damn. Happy to ha- happy to be able to catch an Elseworlds live. Well, we're happy you were here, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess we could talk about No Surrender, because that was a big thing that happened. It was an amazing, uh, hu- a sprawling event. What a from-
1: triumph, not just for the Avengers, but also that, hey, you had a really good weekly series, which, as we're seeing with Uncanny X-Men, is harder than it looks.
0: abs um, Avengers No Surrender is doing events right. Mm. It's figuring out what works, who you need to get, and how you need to put it out. Not a single tie-in, weekly series, no delays, solid art fun writing, no status quo upheaval, and yet no. it just all worked. amazing.
1: Also, organically bringing to a close all the other Avengers books you had at the time. You bring Uncanny to a close. You bring USA Avengers to a close. You
0: resurrect the Hulk in a really meaningful and cool-ass way. Right? No, that that was another thing. They managed to do the retcons and the fixes and the continuity things that you come to expect from an event... But manage to make them work, make sense, and declutter. I love when it's when you got a clean desk. And mm-hmm. when it came to the Avengers, you know, like they, we were living in a world where they were like, it's all Avengers all the time. The movies can't make X-Men movies, so let's just make it all Avengers. And it worked for a little while. We all had a good time with the U.S. Yeah. Avengers and with with, uh, with with Occupy Avengers and whatnot. And Uncanny Avengers was the best X-Men book forever because it had Deadpool and Cable and Rogue on it. It was easily just an X-Men book that they could call Avengers and not have to give Fox any money. Yep, And it was just like... Okay, you know what, like, it was a good time, we all enjoyed it, but now it's time to say goodnight. And so they just closed 20. it all up, and I think it worked out beautifully.
1: It really did. And again, as we said, got to give the spotlight to characters that don't normally get it. Lightning got to be the coolest goddamn dude for a minute.
0: Holy crap, yeah, no, I, I loved that, like, they were like, let's make it a love letter to the Avengers, while also highlighting some second stringers, and yet we still get all the cool stuff with the Avengers you know and love or want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have not checked it out, the trade paperback came out, I think, this week, if not next week. Ooh, that's a Christmas
1: gift right there. It's a great Christmas gift
0: for yourself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. Uh, That that was another Jim Zub joint, too. He had a hand in that one as well. It's true. This was the year of Zub 2018. He did a lot of stuff we like. Zub
0: and Zdarsky, man. Those those Zs are... are... Mm -hmm. Or crushing it uh, no surrender beautiful stuff um, similarly with when it came to the X-Men people forget about this event if you can call it that I think it was was the Phoenix Resurrection oh yeah that was Rosenberg's book wasn't it who's yeah. also got his hands in X-Men currently five issue miniseries Phoenix Resurrection bringing back Jean Grey dealing with the Phoenix for the umpteenth time and I, yet I, I,
1: I own it but I haven't read it yet oh,
0: I gotta tell you man I really enjoyed it, and I was like kind of cautiously optimistic about the X-Men after this. Um, uh, It was a really fun like trip down memory lane, while also generating a genuine threat, weaving in the Phoenix thing, uh, acknowledging a a couple things for Cyclops. It was pretty cool, and I really kind of enjoyed it. That's Um, awesome. If you haven't already read it, it makes absolutely no bearing on anything at all, except to know no Jean Grey how how Read Phoenix Resurrection. That's literally all you need, uh, and it, I think I should now. It's pretty cool. It's just a fun, nice, neat story. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but like the the it came out on time. The art was consistent. Again, no tie-ins, and it accomplished its goal. It had a goal, and it actually managed to deliver.
1: Um. Rosenberg has a unique way with X-Men. I'll be interested to see what he does on Uncanny as he takes over as the Soul Rider. He also did Astonishing X-Men, which I genuinely love because it was funny. It was like the Secret Six of X-Men books. I wish that could have continued in some form.
0: Well, I mean, like, the Secret Six of X-Men book, I mean, like... X-Force, like an idea of a covert squad or reformed X-Men, like that's that, that pays for itself. You should absolutely. But
1: that they're also funny is the thing and that they're kind of pathetic because that was the team with Havoc and Dazzler and Banshee and all these characters who are like, wow, we have been fucked. And to actually make that <laughs> part of the story where it's like,
0: we used to be cool, but we're not cool anymore. What can we do to be cool? It's a really great idea, especially with the X-Men who they're, I'd say the bedrock of any modern enjoyment of X-Men started with a lot of the 90s stuff, and a lot of the 90s stuff ultimately came from cool-looking visuals. Yeah. Um, By the way, good stuff. Fun stories. I'm just saying that, like, it came from stunt creations like Shatterstar and Cable Mm. and Domino and Deadpool, and while they wound up being fan-favorite characters, they were also just kind of, like, splashes Like Flash in the pan, kind of like, oh, look at this cool visual. Look at this cool character. And what happens when the 90s end and you still are left with these characters? Then comes the hard work of writers actually hammering out
1: personalities.
0: And the idea of making a team of like the Island of Misfit Toys for X-Men is a great idea.
1: Yeah. And I loved it. And it was gone too soon. But it was only gone because Rosenberg got called
0: up to write the main team. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Roboto saying, bring back static on the Titans. Joel, you want to take mm. this one?
1: Uh, apparently they can't and
0: apparently they
1: won't because apparently there's all kinds of legal disputes happening behind the scenes. I, I have been – I've been taking up my little spyglass and I've been doing some detective work on this one, talking to people who were there. And the news is not good. The news is one person – no one's saying who it is, but one person is holding it up for everyone, not over money, out of spite, which means we'll probably never see it until they die or pass the rights on, whoever that person might be.
0: Yeah, whoever they might be. I, I'm, we're not going to get into it. But uh, uh, we had, did have a great question uh, from Two Mikes One Take who said, I loved DC Metal. Mm. Uh, it had crazy art, introduced the Batman Who Laughs, and led to three great Justice League titles New Justice, Jail Dark, and Jail Odyssey. Did
1: did did dark lead to that, or was it uh, the other one, uh, No Justice, that led to that? uh,
0: No Justice. Well, Dark Knight's Metal leads to No Justice, so let's. It's a real
1: trilogy. He did.
0: It's true. So I figure we should talk about Metal, Um, right? Which, by the way, is called Dark Knight's Metal.
1: Really? They changed it in trade? No, no, no it's trade. always been
0: called Dark Knight's Metal. It's just that oh. everyone calls it DC Metal because Dark Knight's is an awkward title to say. A <laughs> Little bit. Uh, also, apparently, it was supposed to be called Dark Crisis. Yes, but, it was. Uh, Snyder and Capullo fought really hard to keep the name because they were like, no. Because when we do a crisis, people are going to have expectations. It's going to completely change and disrupt what we're trying to do. It so, should
1: mean something when we say crisis.
0: Exactly. So, Dark Knight's Metal... Or Dark Crisis became Dark Knight's Metal, which everybody calls DC Metal. Uh, I think people would be more prone to calling it Dark Knight's Metal if they actually used the K-N-I-G-H-T. Instead, it's Knights, because we're talking about Dark Knights, like 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 Eternal Knight from yeah. The Actual Sun. Um, dark
1: Knight of the Soul, man.
0: Yeah, and it's not even referring to the Dark Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T.
1: No, who are their own entities. Who are
0: their own entities and where that came from. Uh, dark Knight's Metal was very cool looking
1: Mm -hmm. had some cool concepts some big ideas as snyder's work always does
0: snyder will not do something unless it means something to him or matters Mm -hmm. in some way oh yeah and so he is absolutely like hey listen like i'm gonna make this about you know whatever it is about
1: uh That's the thing. By the end, I think it started as one thing, and by the end, it's like, well, we got to have it open-ended because we got to go to No
0: Surrender and then to My Justice League, Ron. Exactly. It is very cool. Um, I think it tried a little too hard to be cool, if we're Mm. being honest with some hindsight. I think it was like, isn't it cool? The cover is the horns. Get it? Yes. I do get it. But let's move on from this.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. hey, it's it's no Brian Azarello's damned if we want to talk about trying too hard. Oh my God! Uh,
0: not technically an event. We're not going to talk no. about. <laughs> and no. We talked, black. About, we talked about the Black Label so much on this channel. Let's 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 leave it alone for a minute. I, I
1: think this channel has been doing more to actually promote Black Label than DC Comics has. I <laughs> think they owe you some
0: scratch. <laughs> That's yeah. very true. Um, but yeah, you know, ultimately, Dark Knight's Metal was was a cool idea that mm. I think successfully executed what they set out to do despite some confusing visuals and some like ultimately hokey stuff.
1: It launched a brand new villain in the Batman who laughs, which that doesn't happen very often. Although calling him a new villain feels a little awkward because he's just a combination of two existing characters.
0: Right. And like, I think that he will suffer from the fact that only one person, his creator can write them.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, but he's really cool. And I liked the bit with the Joker in the basement of the bat cave Trying to solve the riddles of the universe, but then that kind of gets dropped. As does Duke with light powers. A lot of stuff gets dropped,
0: uh, but it does, it, it does, it does succeed. Yeah, and it's cool, and it does dovetail nicely into a mini series, which is technically an event called Justice League No Justice. Yes, which was cool. Um, introduces the idea of like pillars of the universe and trees mm. and. <laughs>
1: really really trying to rewrite the DC cosmology kind of like trying to have it make some sense
0: exactly oddly the- enough dark Knight's metal could have been just like every other major DC event since flashpoint could have been the thing that fixes the DC universe chronology and also the whole like what timeline is it technically <laughs> everybody here is their new 52 fit counterparts like technically these are still the, this is, we're still in the new 52 here but you're referencing cr- stuff that is decidedly and demonstrably not New 52. How does any of this work? And the the answer I got basically from our interview with Snyder was, who cares? I don't. Also the,
1: also the Ghost Quadrant. I like that as a concept. Here's a big piece of space we uncorked.
0: Right. And, of course, the breaking of the source wall and... Everything that spills out of it, what could, what could possibly, all the endless possibilities. The source wall's breaking, of course, is a representation of all the endless possibilities we've now explored and opened up. We've, we've, yeah. we've, we've opened Pandora's box, and uh, in Doomsday or in in uh, DC Rebirth, killed Pandora entirely. Uh, but, mm. uh, <laughs> but let's say uh, we we've we've opened the door, and No Justice was a cool exploration of the new DC cosmology, as you said. Yeah, and, and he got to shake up the team, so
1: you got some interesting character dynamics that you didn't get anywhere else.
0: Right. Uh, one of the things that Snyder is definitely hellbent on is giving you things that he's never done and you've never seen.
1: Which I appreciate about his work.
0: Absolutely. You, you can say what you will, but the like, fact is some of, the, like some of his stuff may seem familiar, but it's not necessarily anything you've ever seen before.
1: The dude does not rest on his laurels, that's no, for sure.
0: No, he is, he's always trying to do something. Which Whether I appreciate. You agree or like that is another thing. But at least you can't say he was like lazy about it. It's true. And um,
1: and his stories usually always have a beginning, middle, and end, which I appreciate.
0: And they almost always involve uh, the his characters and protagonists holding hands and shooting hope at it.
1: Mm. Which I'm fine with. I grew up watching Care Bears. That's that's how you defeat evil shit. You shoot hope and love at it right
0: you just you just hit it in the face with hope and love (laughs)
1: it's it's how i
0: live my life every day i am going to love and hope the shit out of you that's right um mr robato says sal quit avengers joel are you still on alpha flight
1: (laughs) yes i'm still on team alpha flight yes
0: you are the third most powerful member of alpha flight
1: yes and i I, and i have no actual i have a strong social media
0: presence that's my power that beats puck yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Chase Eichler, wasn't there a Venom event this year? Seems like it came and went. Lol, I don't remember even anyone hearing anyone talk about oh, it. You guys are the best. Thank you very much. Venomized, yeah. Been a couple of Venom. Well, wasn't Tiff reading Venomized? She read Venomverse, mm. and she loved it. Yeah. Um, but you know why? Cullen friggin' Bun wrote it.
1: It's true. I like Bun too. Although I haven't read any new stuff for him in a long
0: time. No, uh, but he's always making new stuff. Uh, Yes, there was an event called Venomized, which did happen uh, because – I guess Marvel and Sony worked out a deal where like if mm. Fox makes an X-Men movie, we'll cancel the X-Men. But if Sony makes a Venom movie, <laughs> let's make 16 Venom events.
1: He needs to be everywhere at once, which I'm like, OK, I hate this because I didn't like what Costa was doing with Venom at the time. Now Donny Cates is writing Venom and it's one of my favorite books that's oh, coming out.
0: It's now. unprecedented how like genuinely cool this is.
1: I know, it's shocking what the difference of one writer can do to completely turn a character around. Oh, yeah,
0: especially when they, like, inorganically brought back Eddie Brock, mm-hmm. and everyone went, collectively went, oh, really? Ooh, you're not Flash Thompson. Yeah, and then it turns out it was kind of awesome. Yeah, and to also
1: make that part of the story where, like, Friggin' kate's in the back of his mind and even in the story has characters telling eddie "Uh, you're not the best venom ever Uh, i wanted the other guy but i guess i'll deal with you Mm -hmm. and and making eddie into kind of a sympathetic underdog because of that because he needs to live up to the memory of flash thompson and
0: try and rise to that level no it's true like it was actually a really great development of eddie's character
1: yeah i kind of give a shit about him now where before i didn't because again another great line from that comic is rex strickland saying eddie brock jesus christ you're the man of a million second chances aren't (laughs) you you always fuck it up but you always get a second chance why why should i feel bad for you this comic explains why
0: he's died you know from self-inflicted wounds he's had cancer he's quit he's become anti-venom it's A million second chances.
1: Became a religious fundamentalist for a little bit who went around hunting all the extra symbiotes. Right.
0: Uh, Now, I assume you were a big fan of this series. Uh, Flash War.
1: See, I did not actually read Flash War because I have
0: not not been keeping up with Flash. My co-host
1: Matt loved it to pieces and went on to no end about it. I am so
0: far behind on Flash. I read some of Flash War and appreciated what they were doing. Mm. But ultimately, because it was a whole exploration of like Wally West is like, I remember my family and I want it back. Yeah. And Barry being like, no, you'll create another Flashpoint. And this is one of those examples of what I was talking about where it's like, here's another example of how we can probably put things back. We can undo we Flashpoint. Won't. We can bring it back. Nope. We're not going to do that. Fine. We'll go right up to the edge with it. We'll tease you, then we won't do it. Yeah. I I think ultimately it was like Cool that they did a Flash event that was within the Flash title and also didn't get delayed, didn't have a million tie-ins and told a a comprehensive Flash story that did what they wanted to do, which is make Wally West look unhinged. Um, But,
1: uh, but, oh, 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 what a service that ended up (laughs) leading to.
0: But that's all I can really say about it. Uh, I will say that because Williamson wrote it, it's probably it, it, it is quite good.
1: See, I love Williamson, and I feel so bad I'm not reading his Flash book because apparently he's killing it on that. He killed on that Justice League versus Suicide Squad story, and I loved his nail-biter.
0: Yeah, you would love it. I, I've no I doubt I would. about it. Um, Red Samurai says, uh, Batman Metal was meh. See? Again, Dark Knight's Metal, DC Metal, Batman Metal. Why don't we all just call it Metal? <laughs> metal Uh, that's fine was meh i could have i would have loved a street level event by one writer and an artist starring batman nightwing red hood birds of prey and the question uh excluding the question isn't that called batman eternal
1: yeah i was gonna say
0: and didn't they do a sequel to that they did
1: which was better than the original because it was like half as long and it focused on the sidekicks so i mean like
0: there you have it you don't need like you don't need to complain about dark knight's metal you have it already (laughs)
1: Just, just go read Batman and Robin Eternal, although some people have their knives out. Harper Rowe is in this, and I don't like it. Yeah, but it's her last story, though. It's like actually having her arc reach an end. Yeah, it,
0: and no one liked her or cared about her or gave her anything anyway. It was just a. Sweet, I liked her. Like, well, she was just. She was a generation. She was generated from just like this. What are we going to do? Like, Dennis uh, met a really sweet girl who, you know, he created a character for, Bluebirds Birds <laughs> or whatever.
1: Yeah, Bluebird, that was her name.
0: Cute idea, and
1: a kind of a dope costume. Very dope costume. That's, that's what hurts me. I'm like, really? You're going to let a
0: cool-ass costume like this sit on the shelf? All right. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, the costume can sit in the cave until people are ready to use her again. She fought with giant tasers because she was an electrician. Right, which is basically just, like, isn't that just Injustice Nightwing? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I but, like uh, that, too.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so that's what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, what was it Andrew Colliver? Can't catch you guys live. Sorry, man. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, but you keep me up on my drive home at four a.m. That's right. Because you oh, can well. listen to the show on audio. Go into comicpop.podbean.com dot Podbean dot com or on iTunes under the Elseworlds Exchange banner. Uh, happy holidays and happy Boxing Day, Joel. Oh, I thank you. Yes, as I understand it, according to Canadian lore, Boxing Day, uh, not Halloween, is the scariest day of the year, and for some reason, is around this time period.
1: Yes, yes, it is. You know, it it came from the day when you know uh, uh, Prime Minister Tim Horton got into a boxing match uh, with with the Queen, of course, uh, which was over the syrup rights. This was the thing that happened in Canadian history.
0: I remember uh, reading a little bit about it. It was it was like a shoehorned, like it was a holiday themed event that took place during our modern european history uh, mm. uh, uh lecture
1: yes yes so you you m- i have missed it but it's true.
0: yeah d- don't don't dispute him he knows no and, and don't don't look it up either yeah d- especially don't do that uh and also uh what was it uh, logan babcock harbinger wars 2 anybody read or care about this Is no that valiant yeah
1: was that was that near the end of Valiant? I feel like this was the year we lost Valiant. Yeah, so we lost Valiant before it. Yeah, right. Pour, pour
0: one out on the curve for Valiant. I know. And silver, quick Cr- cricket uh, weddings. So many weddings. two-thirds of oh, which yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. I know. At least we got Rogan Gambit out of it, which is a pretty great series.
1: So I've heard. Yeah, you and Tiff have been singing that one's praises.
0: Yeah, good good art, good writing. Love it. Is that Colin Bunn? No, it's, um... God, I don't remember her name.
1: Kelly Thompson?
0: Yeah, I think it's Kelly Thompson. Right, because she's
1: part of the X family now, because she's also writing Uncanny too.
0: Yep, you are, you are correct. It is Kelly Thompson.
1: Ooh, I get things right sometimes.
0: <laughs> you hear that, commenters? Um, and also, uh, Kevin Meyer, sorry for a random question. Opinions on the Watchmen movie? Uh, it's unrelated to what we're talking about, but because uh, we're in the Super Chat here... Uh, <laughs> I liked it a lot.
1: I liked it, too. I especially liked the super extra long cut that puts Tales of the Black Freighter in.
0: See, I could take or leave the Black Freighter, but, like, I appreciate that it exists, and I also really like the super director's cut that doesn't have the Black Freighter but still has everything else in it.
1: Yeah. Again, we could argue day and night where it's like, was it a good adaptation of the comic? Is Snyder had his own
0: ideas, but it's a cool movie. It's a cool movie, and I like it. And I don't even mind the changes, to be honest. Um, and I, I would show it to someone and be like, hey, if you like that, read the book.
1: Right. Exactly. It's You'll good, get more a, out of it. It's a good way to get people in to be like, hey, you know, this is actually kind of different. Let's, let's read this, have a book club, and then have a discussion about how authorial intent was different.
0: Seriously. Um, incidentally, another uh, event began during this time. And it wouldn't, I think it would officially kick off during this year, but it started right around the beginning of this year, which was infinity wars
1: yes which
0: felt like it took forever to get
1: started and forever to end it just ended now and it just finally stopped yeah um, man I, I tell you what this is probably one of the only times i'll ever say this i liked the prelude to infinity more than i actually liked infinity once it got rolling because yeah. <laughs> it's like it hit a point where it's like okay well this is just duggan ending his guardians yes yeah? so they'll be the main characters no okay well Gamora's is the villain yeah, but not really. Right. But well, the, is Loki I, the main character? Who am I supposed to follow here? It's Loki.
0: Loki's the main character. <laughs> I love how Gamora is revealed to be Requiem in the first issue she's debut she debuts in. Yes. Like Requiem's like I'm Requiem, and Requiem is Gamora, so you really don't need to call me Requiem at all, actually. <laughs> although although maybe
1: there's multiple requiems throughout the universe but we never got to meet them we were only told about them
0: yeah and we'll never see them again but hey if you want to if you want to visit the marvel equivalent of the amalgam universe we can
1: now that you could feel duggan kind of like you know die a little bit when they're like hey and put these non-amalgam amalgams in your story too yeah but but that's not what i'm talking about yeah we'll do it
0: yeah well that's rough Sorry for you. Yeah, uh, there's another event, and I don't know. I, I, I guess it was more of a story arc, but I think people are going to treat it like an event, and that was the Spider-Man story go down swinging. Oh yeah, is that where he got split in half? No, that was the red. That was the the um, the Red Goblin.
1: Oh right, that was the Carnage Goblin. Dan Slot's big finale.
0: Dan Slott's swan song and his. Final curtain on his Spider-Man run. Mm. Uh, kills Flash Thompson and uh, makes a neat-looking bad guy that ultimately is that ultimately is way more powerful than the previous incarnation of the main guy that Dan Slott wanted to write about. And he's like, I want to do a story where it's Peter versus the Goblin, but I also want to sell a ton of books.
1: Books. So what do I do? What Carnage. Do?
0: Carnage Goblin. I love how everybody, I think ourselves included, thought it might be Mephisto. Yeah, wouldn't have that have been fun? And they were like, "No, but we do know that you think that if it was Mephisto, it might return the marriage." But hey, how about this? It we bring it back anyway. <laughs> it's
1: just as good,
0: <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, mean, I wouldn't call it an event, but it was a neat little story that like had had some some genuine emotive moments
1: it's true i i was a big fan that by the end peter wasn't afraid to call all his other spider friends for help like silk and like miles and like
0: flash yeah no i completely agree with that that was a good idea can all my spider friends please come and help me (laughs) yeah had you all begged me to help you fight stupid energy vampires so <laughs> yeah, you it's owe time me one. To pay the piper <laughs> yeah you owe me one this red
1: goblin keeps whooping my ass all over the place yeah.
0: but we also need to establish that like uh, what's his name that the Peter Parker is awesome and has to be the only one who can win yeah um what was it uh, there were a couple more oh, there's a lot more actually uh, you know what else launched that was spider-centric we talked a little bit about it with spider Gwen
1: never i read the spider punk tie-in which was like the first of the
0: tie-ins, and then i read nothing else afterwards yeah we uh as i rec- as i understand it we missed nothing by skipping
1: that's what i hear but man spider punk was cool though
0: yeah he's a cool video game costume boy he's, yeah he's got a cool world too where everything's all sex up. i agree with that yeah and, and <laughs> making hobie into him is cool yeah I hope he makes it into that next into the Spider-Verse movie. I bet he does. There's no way he won't. Um, there, I'm, I'm there were a bad. bunch of Wolverine stories that yeah, there were, were. were part of an event called the Hunt for Wolverine.
1: Which all ended up meaning nothing because the hunts turned up nothing.
0: <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about when people talk about event fatigue and hating events. And when I talk about hating tie-ins, the Hunt for Wolverine is a bunch of bullshit. And literally
1: none of them meant anything it literally issue one picks up and they're like hey we put all our information together and we still found nothing <laughs> yep
0: and that segued into the return of wolverine which is another yes. event that's doing that's going on right now or is it really more like a mini series mini series which is weird that we're getting so many
1: wolverine mini series in a row but they've yet to announce a new ongoing for him yeah bizarre
0: especially Very because strange. we had we, we had a really good wolverine series already <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it was called, it was the one with X-23, it was great. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, uh, why can't Laura keep wearing the costume if Wolverine's gonna go back to wearing his brown suit anyway? Why can't she keep the blue and gold? She looks better in it anyway. Call her X-23, but let her keep the goddamn costume.
0: Right, or, like, you have multiple Hawkeyes, just have another Wolverine. She, They just won't cross over too much.
1: That's fine, you're Wolverine 2 the sequel.
0: Yeah, please, I'm down.
1: I'm cool with that
0: as well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, this is a series that I, this, is a, this is an event that I loved unabashedly and will argue about until I die because I heard people didn't like it like I heard people being like oh my god in our Facebook group we had somebody who was like <laughs> who I was like uh, this is a really good series you should check it out and they went uh, but it's really bad though I creep your
1: Facebook page, page sometimes I think I've heard this one yeah,
0: but it's really bad though I'm like oh Uh, here's me expressing my opinion, and they're like, oh, but you're incorrect, though. (laughs) And it's like, but it's subjective, though. (laughs) So shut up, though. Uh, I can't spell
1: subjective, though.
0: No. Uh, And that's Death of Inhumans. Yeah, yeah, you were a real big fan of that one, weren't you? I loved it. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, you're gonna like this, because it kills all those gremlins you don't like. And it's true, (laughs) I don't like the Inhumans. But damn if I felt bad for them in this series! And that's that's what you got to do, man. And it was it was smart and cool. I uh, the art was fantastic. The story was engaging. Of course, it was uh, Marvel's golden boy. It was working on everything. Um, yep. But uh, Donny Cates. But it's like
1: Cates the cleaner Cates. Seriously.
0: But I loved it, and I think it was like smart and a good use of those characters. And the funny thing is, for me, the death of Inhumans could have happened. During any era, if Marvel had never got ma- gotten made movies, if Marvel mm. never made a deal with X- with with Fox and lost the rights to X-Men as a movie franchise, if they did make an Inhumans movie, if they didn't, Death Inhumans just felt like a really cool event that you could have done at any time. If yeah. You, if you overdid the Inhumans like they did, or if you never used the Inhumans, you could still tell the story and it would still be as meaningful and engaging as it was.
1: I know my co-host Matt was singing its praises and really loved it. Until the final issue, though, he was actually a little disappointed that they don't go through with wholesale killing the Inhumans and that they kind of get away. I mean,
0: like, most of them are gone. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I, You know, at, at the end of the day, I didn't want them to just slaughter every single one of them.
1: Despite what people might believe.
0: And and despite what I may have said at some point. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, what was it called? Uh, Heartless Fang? No, I'm sorry. We got to go back further. Got to go back. Got to go back. Uh, Sam Anderson mentions the series, and I don't get to talk about it really because it's more Tiffany series. But uh, the Witching Hour was it an adventure oh, crossover yes. series? I think it's as much of an event as uh, uh, No Justice. And Drowned Earth. And Drowned Earth. Uh, and Drowned Earth is absolutely an event. Yes. But if you haven't read Witching Hour, it is a series, or it was a mini, it was a story, it was an, it was an event. That crossed over from Justice League Dark into Wonder to Woman Wonder and a couple Woman. other books.
1: Uh, I think those were the only two. Were there I ones I was missing?
0: Yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty short. It was a forgivably short um, event, which had magic at its center. And came out during Halloween. It was just yeah, and it came out in around Halloween, and it was just really cool. Yeah, um,
1: James James Tynan's got some chops there. That book uh, that book's got legs. Right
0: as it turns out, James Tynan, who like for me was hit or miss. Uh, can do as long as there's magic at the source, he can do it. Yeah, and that's really cool. So that's yeah, he's how doing a
1: good job. That. I'm excited about that book.
0: Yeah, but if you want to know true, real, genuine opinions, you got to ask Tiffany because she's more uh, into it than I am. If you're not familiar with this channel or who Tiffany is, she's my co-host, co-host partner every, in everything. Uh, she's on this channel as well. Uh, Heartless Fang. I enjoyed metal, but I felt that the road to metal is more interesting than the event itself. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, I could see that opinion.
1: Because that's where it's like, oh, shit, we got Dream, oh, shit, we got the anti-monitors machine, oh, Batman's got Joker locked up in his basement, Why? where Why? is this going?
0: Yeah, how about a big fight? Yeah. Uh, R. Jones, happy holidays, Alan and Joel, happy holidays to you, R. Jones. Hey. Thoughts on Spider-Gannon now that's it's edited? Uh, Who cares? We didn't Just read totally it. Didn't, totally didn't matter. <laughs> Uh, both sal and i totally ignored it yep it sets up the new superior spider-man series though and the first volume got me into comics wow
1: is is superior spider-man going to series i thought he was just getting one shots is he actually getting an ongoing now i
0: don't know if it's going to an ongoing but i do know that like if it sells it will
1: oh i mean i i'd love to read about the superior spider-man i just don't know if i have to get through all spider getting to do so i don't think
0: you do i I doubt it i think they'll sum it up on the first page so that you're ready
1: to go (laughs) also if we already have an anti-hero spider-man does that mean that uh, scarlet spider is coming to an end probably
0: i forget sometimes loved it
1: yeah i forget that book's still coming in i'm like this book's still a thing huh right it's still selling i can't believe that i had such a bad taste in my mouth from clone conspiracy but now we're going to events from years past (laughs) that's true
0: uh denial says infinity wars didn't feel like Duggan's.
1: No, by the end it really didn't. It felt like he was just kind of on autopilot. All of his personality and humor and humanity didn't really feel to be in it or on display. I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tevia says Man of Steel series by Bendis ruined my favorite character and family, Clark, Lois, and John, and got rid of them as a family, also ruining Super Sons by putting John into space. Mm-hmm. Man of Steel was a mini series. I don't know if I would even call it an event, but uh, it certainly was horrible. It introduced. The best character of 2018, Rogelzar. Oh yeah, I mean, there's just, there's no beating Rogalzar. No, there isn't. You can't beat him. He's just he's so strong. He's so strong and so smart and so cool and so fast and stronger than Superman. Stronger than Superman, Rogelzar sucks on toast. And <laughs> Man of Steel, regardless of how everyone feels about the the, the current run of Bo- of action and Superman, which are written by Bendis, I think everyone can kind of get on board with the idea the man of steel was pretty shitty series
1: and it wasn't shitty all at once too where it's like it ramped up in shittiness where it's like hey we brought jor-el back okay but wasn't he working for dr manhattan wasn't he a bad guy And was all these oh why are they trusting why are they sending their kid away and he's gone
0: exactly so don't (laughs) bother
1: Apparently too. If like you, if we actually wanted to know anything about Rogelzar, and why would we? Because he's boring and crappy. Right. Apparently, you got to
0: read the Supergirl book. Apparently, that's where they're doing his backstory. Yes, I remember when Bendis was going to take over the Superman book, and he was like, "I want to bring in Supergirl. I want to make her like an essential character of the Superman story." And then they gave her a series and kicked her out. Yep. Like okay.
1: But apparently And Draco's doing good stuff there. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But everyone says, hey, if you actually want to know about Rogel Czar, you have to read Supergirl. I really don't. But And uh, also, Bendis is doing nothing to tell you that, too. Like, usually in comics, you'll be like, hey, for more information, go read blank. There's none of that.
0: No, yeah, exactly. Which is pff, obnoxious. Because it's, like, the one of the few, like, really helpful, like, comic book tropes and conventions that, like, helps people get into comics and helps them read them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But whatever, what do I know, right? Uh, Getting further into it, I guess we could talk. uh, Extinction was an event slash... I would call it an event because it actually manages to accomplish something.
1: Yes, yes it does, which is rarer and rarer for events to actually have some big change happen. Seriously.
0: Uh, Extinction was cool, and I liked it a lot. same here. I've talked about it every time it comes out. I'll talk about it again next week on Off the Rack, our comic book review show, where we talk about new books that come out last the, the previous week. Uh, but for the most part, all I can say is it was cool.
1: And I liked it. It, it was an organic conclusion. If a drawn out conclusion, but it wasn't really the book's fault for the young time traveling Mm X-Men, sends them home, introduces the new character of young Cable. Although, again, new character in question marks It's just a younger, more impetuous version of Cable has the big reveal of a character at the end that you've been waiting for, which begs a lot of questions where it's like, oh, well, are they newly resurrected or were they around a bunch and pulling strings? And if so, why? And that whole thing. Uh, also, too, I like that it was it, it was a nice send-off for the young X-Men, too. They got a nice send-off where they realized the responsibility of, like, okay, we got to wipe our own memories and put everything back to save the day.
0: Yeah. That was really... I liked how um, when they... Br- well when it, all, when it all wraps up, I was amazed at how they clearly chose Pepe LeRoz because he's just as good and very similar to Stuart Eminent. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that guy's great. I love Pepe Larza's art. Uh, Another thing, too, they actually bring the whole Iceman, Young Iceman thing to a really interesting interesting crescendo to where he's like, oh, but I came out of the closet because everyone's way more accepting in 2018 modern age. If I wipe my mind, I'm going to go back in the closet and undo all this personal growth I've done, only to have older Iceman be like, hey, man, don't let that be your burden anymore. That's older me's burden to deal with, I need to be
0: true to myself, right. and I need to learn to come out of the closet. I'm like that's fucking great. Oh yeah, no, like we can continue that story with Iceman. Yeah. So that was cool. And uh, uh, it, and if they, no pun intended, get cold feet, they'll just say,
1: "And Bobby lived in the closet for the rest of his life. He didn't. <laughs> he, he didn't make good on the promise." Oh, that's nice, Marvel. We're
0: never gonna marry him off anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, this is an event that I really dug. Drowned Earth.
1: Yeah, Drowned Earth was fun. It gave Aquaman a nice spotlight just in time for his movie. Again, had some really cool, big, out there, snidery ideas where it's like, what about other sea gods on other planets and it's other universes? Be other oceans. Yeah, we, we, we don't own the rights to
0: oceans, man. Right. You can't own property, man. <laughs> no. I can because I'm not a penniless hippie. Uh, but I, the I love locked, uh, Mr. I thought it was cool I dug it uh, it was short it was fun it was epic and it like did some cool stuff while also being silly and ridiculous like just me explaining Drowned Earth to the guys on the couch on our sister show Back Issues uh, Ethan was just like what like it was like <laughs> old Back Issues where he's just like what? The, the whole earth it would destroy everything Everything yeah. can be destroyed. How do they fix it? And I'm like, Oh, they use their powers combined, like to work. They use teamwork. And he's like, No, that's. But what about the buildings, though? What about the What about the crops? <laughs> uh, but it was it was great. It, it's don't a great think about it. But it's also just a really fun story. So you might it really is. enjoy it. So check that out. Uh,
1: and, and it's a nice way too to set the reset switch for Aquaman for Kelly Sue DeConnick's run, which came out today. Yeah.
0: Uh, are there any other events Joel before we get into the last big event that's still going on that started in 2018?
1: I feel like we're missing some of the smaller ones. Didn't didn't Doctor Strange and Mephisto have one this year? Or was that no last? Damnation
0: year? Was Damnation this year? I don't know. I feel like it was this year, but I don't know. That was Dennis Hopeless living up to his name, uh, <laughs> making like a completely forgettable stupid story about like about like a joker looking mephisto in las vegas we had to bring las vegas back because we destroyed it in secret empire if we ever want to write anything about las vegas again we need to bring it back let's let's have dr strange do something he would never do ever ever and ruin any opportunity to do a cool midnight suns revitalization Because we just did it in this crappy story. (laughs) They tried twice. They're like, yeah, uh, Spirits of Vengeance,
1: but also Midnight Suns over here, and some have the same members on them, but they're happening at the same time.
0: Yeah. Nah. Uh, And moving on, because we've got to wrap up the show, we're running out of time. Let's talk about Heroes in Crisis. Oh,
1: yeah, still going. Not done yet. We're three issues in and a couple tie-ins.
0: Heroes in Crisis is is so new 52, it's not even funny.
1: It really, really does feel like a new 52 story. Even divorcing my own personal feelings about Tom King's work, which, yes, is critical. I don't hate the man. I think he's quite talented in one shots. I think Vision is great. I haven't finished Mr. Miracle, but I'm sure I'll like it when I do. But again, even just divorced from all of that, man, Heroes in Crisis feels like a depressing slog.
0: Heroes in Crisis feels like, here's the thing. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, conjecture about where it came from, what's happening to it, how it evolved or changed or got forced to be changed. Tom King is himself, put himself in front of it, being like, I own yes. everything I do, everything I you wrote. You fell on the I've sword. Done. Uh, regardless of all of that, it just kind of sucks. And it also reads like a DiDio hit last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it feels depressing while also trying to be hopeful. It, yeah. Uh, it, it is, it. King wanted, according to all the press releases and all of his lead up to the series, to talk about uh, people and superheroes and how they're human, and how and they mental need to get health, trauma, and they do go through some crazy shit, and they do need to, to help deal with it,
1: which is admirable.
0: Which is which is actually kind of which clearly he has and wants to talk about that. It permeates every one of his books, every single book he's ever written with like one exception, I think it's the, is, I think it's Green Lantern story or something. Has, right.
1: is ultimately all about mental health. But it's
0: all about a guy who goes through some significant trauma and then a strong woman helps him maybe get over it, but probably not,
1: but probably
0: not. Yeah. Uh, That being said, if you like that kind of thing or if you if you dig repetition, you know, that's that's a story for you. Heroes in Crisis also, oddly enough, breaks from that formula because now it's about it's all about PTSD and mental health.
1: Yes. But the subtext is now text.
0: It's also about like a murder mystery.
1: Yeah, I think
0: there's been three issues. I think maybe five minutes of time has gone by.
1: (laughs) It's true it's the time compression is weird on it but also in other books we've had funerals for Roy and everything else it's quite strange what what gets me and what sticks in my craw personally as someone who knows a lot of people who have lived with mental illness and someone who has seen it up close uh, the whole idea it's like yeah we're gonna tell a story about mental illness. But we're going to tell a really unflattering story of mental illness where everyone is dangerously insane, <laughs> dies while trying to get help, and in some cases even kills other people.
0: Right. Like, I, I want to talk about mental health, but I also want to talk about how superheroes are gross, dangerous, and scary. Yeah. And how any one of them could ruin everything for everyone, and thank God they don't exist.
1: You know who did a great story about superheroes and mental illness? It's a single issue. Marguerite Bennett in her Batman annual just told a story about a regular crazy person who goes to Arkham and how fucked up it is. Right. That the doctors only care about the celebrity patients and like what what do you do in Gotham if you just have depression and you get sent to Arkham? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. Like Arkham is an asylum. It doesn't mean it's like a a, a like a horror prison. Yeah, but it always it is. is. <laughs> it's literally over a fucking hellmouth. Sometimes seriously, but uh, yeah, uh, Heroes in Crisis. It's 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 gonna end. It's not gonna end happy or good. No. If you don't like Heroes in Crisis, it's not like he's gonna pull a hat trick and it's gonna be awesome. I've seen this enough times to know how it's gonna wrap up. Uh, not necessarily what what the the last page reveal is gonna be, but more like I, I I didn't need to see Return of the Revenge of the Sith to know I wasn't going to like it. Mm. I saw two movies I really didn't like. And sure enough, when I did, oh, it wasn't great.
1: (laughs) I bet you didn't think you'd be laughing at the end.
0: Right? I did. A lot. But, like, (laughs) Heroes in Crisis is a a misstep and is contributing to one of, like, the most critically divisive creators at DC Comics in the last ten years. And... Mm -hmm. Also, one of the, like, lowest-selling Batman runs in the last ten years?
1: Is it I haven't checked the numbers in a bit? I was
0: looking at the numbers literally yesterday, and I noticed that, like, when it, like, Batman 50, I think it sold five, four, I think it sold about 400,000 copies, which is... Right, the big wedding. Which did outsell everyone else a single day over the last, like, five, ten years. But everything else is under 100,000. Wow. And that's... Those aren't good numbers.
1: No, that that Snyder, that's not Snyder numbers. I would actually like to contrast compare that to Tomasi's new detective and Batman who laughs.
0: I think uh, Tomasi's gonna have a up- uphill battle because, like, if you're not reading Batman, like, you're not gonna read. Batman. I mean, like, if you're one of the ten thousand, twenty thousand people who dropped the book, like, you're not reading Batman right now. But like, you might Which be is a detective. Shame. I dug it. I did too. But uh Heroes in Crisis is, I think, it's a step in the wrong direction. It's for me, Boy, is it! I, I said it was. Uh, it was New Fifty Two. I'd say even worse. It's decidedly anti DC Rebirth.
1: Mm, yeah, it does really feel like it runs counterproductive to all of what all the good work they did do.
0: Yeah, it's just it's doing everything wrong. So, not to end it on a sour note, but like 2018 had a lot of highs.
1: Yes, it did.
0: And the the lows, incidentally, were more like. Did they do that? Oh, who cares? Like it was mostly yeah. forgettable. Heroes in Crisis is one of those things that, like, we're gonna remember it. You, you don't even need it. Like you never need. It's it's gonna try to be like it matters. But like anyone who has any kind of celebrity like King has achieved, anybody who wants to do anything editorially, it, they'll just throw it the hell away. Yeah. So, but that's a good that's a good sign. It means that like the bad is. Forgettable. You can skip it. You can save your money. The good is so good. You can go check it out. And it's and it ended. You know those yeah. those, those stories were cool and worked. And you can pick them up and you can enjoy them without having to worry about anything else. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Roboto says, "Is it time for 2099 and Marvel the end?" <laughs> uh, pff, no. Marvel can't <laughs> do 2099. I don't know why, but like they lost their ability to do that like 20 years ago. Read Time Storm if you want to know what Marvel can do with 2099.
1: <laughs> Don't. I, it's horrible. I'm sure Peter David wants to do 2099. He did, didn't he? Write Spider-Man 2099 for like a while, like recently. I think I think he did, yeah. And then when he was writing X Factor for a bit, the, the villains were actually from the year 2099. That's hilarious.
0: Like I love that idea.
1: <laughs> it's like, hey, you thought you were reading a regular Peter David
0: story, but nah, it all nope. comes back to 2099. Peter all of David. Gotcha. Uh, ben Bastion says, Hey guys, I'm on to I'm on bed rest after surgery. We'll recover Ooh. soon, my friend. And rereading Ultimate Spider-Man, I just got up to uh, the one where Black Cat shows up and Kingpin comes back. Ultimate Spider-Man is a even the lows are not bad.
1: It's true.
0: But when it hits, it hits go- it hits big and good. So check it out. Uh Comics oh, Mr. explain. Yeah. Love you guys. You two are my favorite. Don't oh, tell thanks. Benny and Rob. Or do <laughs> Winky Face. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna tell them all the time. <laughs> oh, that's right. Thank you so much, um, and we want to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Of course, before you go, uh, we wanted to say uh, if you want to check out like a side show we do, there's a little like ten minute blurb. It's over on the Patreon. Go to patreoncom compops in the description. Gra- grab that. Uh, you can listen to like a little bit of bonus ex- Elseworlds for you, uh, and also of course uh, check us out here on YouTube every week for more content about comics than you can probably absorb. <laughs> so, yeah. Check them all out. And, of course, uh, that's it. Uh, next week, Elseworlds will return, but it won't be live. It's going to be a commentary episode um, mm-hmm. where we cover two cartoons, uh, the first of which is Justice League, the second of which is X-Men Evolution, as a matter of fact. Oh, form. yeah. So check those out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, stay tuned for back issues, which will be coming out in a little bit. Um, and uh, there might be something happening on the Purple channel you should really check out. So go to twitch.tv slash TV for more today if you can't stop the comic pop train of content. It's just, it's, it's nonstop. Can't
1: stop. Won't stop.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I'm off. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you guys next time. And of course, if we don't see you then happy holidays from all of us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, thanks a lot for being here, Joel. Thank you so much for being, uh, the, uh a tremendous co-host for the past year. Oh, and, you,
1: uh, you do me well, sir. I, I wouldn't have done it if it weren't for you. <laughs> uh, we,
0: we make each other look good. I can't argue, mm. but uh, we'll see you guys then. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. So long everybody bye